My name is Jenny, and I'm a wife and mom raising two kids. But I used to live a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I said goodbye to TV and hello to motherhood, I suddenly discovered what we moms are up against. We live in a world that tells us to be rich and famous, thin and successful. You know, almost nobody says, oh, hey, you're a mom? That is fabulous. But you are fabulous, and I'm here to tell you why. It's Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Hello. Yes, I am Jenny Dean Schmidt. And I have my BFF in the house, Shelly Krause. Hello. Hello, Shell. Uh, hi. <laughs> you sounded kind of Midwestern when you said that. Hi. Um, I have one of my favorite shows. We do them about four times a year. We have uh, one of our most popular guests on today. And I know a lot of moms and dads like to tune in for this particular set of shows because we have uh, somebody who can truly help save your relationships. His name is Dr. Emerson Egerich. He runs a wonderful ministry called Love and Respect, but he it works very hard to keep that ministry uh, on a level that is welcoming to all folks, not just folks who follow the Bible and uh, follow his ministry, but, but folks who are just desperate to get some help in their relationships. And let's be honest, if America's foundation is crumbling in one way or another, it has a lot to do with failing relationships, failing marriages, failing families, uh, failing relationships between fathers and daughters and mothers and sons and all of it. And we're going to cover the whole gamut in the next two days because Dr. Egerich has written a book called Love and Respect, which is about dealing with your relationship with the opposite sex and in usually in the case of marriage. But it can be a good lead into marriage, by the way. A very famous book. And uh, we're going to give away a copy of it on the show today. So we hope uh, that you'll... you'll uh, how are we going to do that? I guess we're going to do it on Facebook today. Um, we hope you'll catch up with us there. And then we're also going to do his new book, Love and Respect in the Family. And I was reviewing it again last night. Wonderful stuff, Shell, for how you should talk to your daughters and sons from as a father or a mother, right? I've seen bits and pieces of it, and it makes sense, and how that leads into them being husbands and wives. Yeah. Here's a little teaser for you, which we'll try to talk about today or tomorrow. There is a way that you can love on your son and there is a way that you should not love on your son just by the words you choose. Your son is not receiving your love and uh, estimation of him or your esteem of him if you're saying it wrong. No matter what, you can say this one thing all day long and he could care less that you're saying it. So Dr. Eggerich is going to tell you how to get through to your son if you're a mom and uh, how daddies can get through to their daughters and how moms can get through to their daughters as well. So uh, we're going to give you all that great uh, advice and information. We're hoping to have a few callers today, uh, hoping to get an update from a couple who was in dire straits. Just uh, it, was a, it was a brutal show, but a blessed show because Dr. Eggerich really picked this mom up out of a pit. She was very brutally honest about what was going on in her relationship, and they were basically considering divorce at that point. Um, and Dr. Egerich gave her a new lease on life, and it, she would admit that it has not been easy, but that things have gotten better. Um, and and we're, we're waiting to see if we get some calls today. Uh, we're hopeful that we can get some calls from folks who need to ask Dr. Egerich a question to get some help with their relationships. I want to remind you that, uh, of course, we videotape the show, so we're... You know, you can see us in a lot of different places. We have a YouTube channel, but we're also on ChannelMom.com, most importantly. And you can go and interact with us by clicking on our Facebook and our Twitter there, but also just going to see past clips of, of famous people like Dr. Egerich and, and Dr. Kevin Lehman and 
the guys from Duck Dynasty and folks like that, but then also some not-so-famous people that can truly help you with things. A former alcoholic who, who's a mom who talked about having to overcome that as a mom and, and women who dealt with, with serious uh, health and, and weight loss issues. and just There's all kinds of stuff there for moms, yeah? And the Zornos, you forgot about her? Oh, we have a friend who's lost three of her four children. Yes. And, and has incredible perspective on life and on uh, parenthood from the perspective of a woman who's lost three of her four children. I mean, just this woman shames me in, in how she lives in the sense that she, she lives beautifully. Um, so I, I wanted to cover all those things. I want to remind you that we are giving away uh, one of Dr. Eggerich's books today, Love and Respect. You can get to us on facebook.com backslash channel mom and say, hey, I want to win that book. We will post it and, and you know, remind you that we're giving it away. So hopefully we'll get some winners out of that. We may give away two. We're also going to give away the family book as well, but we may do that tomorrow. Okay. Have I taken care of all business? Yes. Breathe. Remember, it's Thank you. okay. We're on air now. It's great. <laughs> We're here. Shelly, you know, uh, this is the thing I say to moms, my free advice. Everybody needs a BFF. Um, and and Shelly is my encourager. And she's also sometimes my corrector. You correct me sometimes. It's not correcting Jenny. you. It's just let's enjoy the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially since we have one of our favorite guests on the show. All right. So uh, with no further ado. Uh, we're going to welcome one of our dear friends, Dr. Emerson Egrich, to Channel Mom. Welcome, Doctor. Well, thank you. I'm always excited to be with you. I feel important. <laughs> you should. You should. <laughs> you've, you've helped my relationship. You know, I don't know if I've ever been this personal on the air, but, but my husband is not somebody who wants to declare out loud um, a, a faith in the Bible and in Christ. Um, he, he's a very godly man in my estimation and is about as ethical as they come and, and constantly guides my kids towards Jesus and towards, and towards God, but, but um, is, is a manly man, so he has a hard time talking about it for himself as his own personal faith. But you have helped us, and he listens to you, <laughs> and you use bi biblical principles. And so um, I'm grateful for the way in which you have come into our lives as a couple um, because my husband truly esteems you and listens to what you have to say about how we should approach marriage. Mm. Well, as I say, you know, uh, somehow in the culture we have overlooked, you know, what men feel because men don't tend to be as expressive about those feelings. And sometimes, frankly, we don't know how to get in touch with what we're feeling, or if we do, we say it in a way that isn't uh, favorable, and so we find it safer maybe to be quiet. But I think your husband recognizes what many men recognize is that we serve and die for honor, and that we are honorable men, as you've just given a, a very noble report of him. And uh, these are deep things in our soul. And I think when you came to the Love and Respect Conference, he heard his mother tongue. And uh, yeah. that's the story we hear across the country. Men will move toward their wives to connect, to soften. Uh, they are excited about this topic. Men are not indifferent to marriage. It's that we don't always have the sentimentality or the sensitivity that women want us to have. But that doesn't mean that we're indifferent to marriage. The truth is we would die for you, uh, literally. And uh, Jesus said, no greater love is a man than this, that he laid down his life for his friend. And so one of the things we're trying to say is that men don't always remember the Hallmark card, but they would literally give their lives. And uh, that encourages the men, because I think a lot of men feel like they are less than, because we see women as good, you're virtuous, uh, you are uh, just giving, 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 giving. Yeah. And so we feel uh, guilty. And, and then we start feeling even worse, because we see how noble you are, and then we think, well, we failed you again. And many men come to a point where they will say, I guess I'm just not good enough. 
Yeah, and our culture backs that up. I mean, our media puts down men and makes dads buffoons and husbands idiots, and um, academia has not helped in that regard. Um, from the 60s on, I think they've sort of said women are really the superior sex and men are a bunch of bumbling idiots. And I'm just being honest. I think that's the truth. I do think that's what's happened in our popular culture. But, but I want to get to a, a couple things. First of all, let's just blow the doors off this thing. I want anybody who happens to be listening to us, either nationally through our, our podcast or through streaming uh, of the show, or folks who are here in Denver listening to it live, I want people to get a new lease on life in the sense that they think that their hopeless situation in regard to their relationship is not hopeless. And, and you can get them there. So I want you to remind people what your theory stands on in the University of Washington study. But, but Dr. Eggridge, I've never really asked you, why did you decide to do this? Why did you decide to study relationships and what actually makes a marriage work? Because you have the key, and it's been proven to save thousands upon thousands of relationships. Well, it's a, that's a great question. I think partly because I went to military school from age 13 to 18 due to family problems. I think I've shared it with you. My dad attempted to strangle my mother to death, and then uh, I was two and a half, and I witnessed that when I was 11. Uh, I learned that my dad was committing adultery. Uh, at that age, I picked up a butcher knife and told my mom I was going to kill dad. It was false bravado, but it fright, freaked mom out. She was a very successful businesswoman and just a real dynamo, but I'd never seen her, uh, you know, get so upset and, uh, you know, freak out, so to speak. And she then decided I need to go to military school. <laughs> and so for the next five years, I was in a military school. So I came to Christ at age 16, and then I went to Wheaton College, which was a Christian school, finding out that Billy Graham had gone there, and I'd come to Christ through Billy Graham. And uh, But when I entered the halls of academia at Wheaton, this was the first time I was around girls. So from 13 to 18, I was with all guys. This was many years ago. So it was just an all-male academy. And I think I began to pay attention to things that other guys were just taking for granted. So that was really the beginning. I was trying to figure out, wow, you know, why does she cry? What, 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 ha- what, what it, why does she get so excited if you give her a symbolic gift like a rose or something or a card? And why the tears? And so I just began to try to figure this out. So that was, the, I think, the origination of it. Mm-hmm. And I understand. And then you went on to study it, and you've made a living and a ministry out of it. And truly, I mean, it is fair for me to say that you have saved tens of thousands, with God's help, tens of thousands of relationships through the principles. Two words, just two words. So explain to folks how you came to that and what has been proven in in various studies um, to say that this is a surefire method. Well, there are two things. The social sciences, um, I have a Ph.D. in family studies, and as you referenced earlier, the University of Washington studied 2,000 couples for 20 years and said we now know the two key ingredients for successful marriages, love and respect. And when those two are present, the marriage does tend to succeed, and when those two attitudes are not present, the relationship can uh, begin to you know, wobble and go under. And many people, as we've talked before, think that if we didn't have money problems or sex problems or in-law problems, we'd have a great marriage. But what they found, it's the attitude of disrespect, the attitude of lack of love, what they say is contempt and hostility. It's the attitude that we display toward each other during these moments of conflict that deflates the spirit of the other person, as I would say it. And it's that that undermines the relationship, not the fact that we have, you know, a $1,000 extra bill here. It's the attitude that he brings toward his wife. He's angry. He's harsh. And it's not that she can't address the money management issue. It's the harshness and negativity and lack of love that deflates her. And then he thinks if they didn't have money problems, they'd have a great relationship. 
No, it was his unloving, negative reaction to her that she is vulnerable to. And we saw in Scripture as well, Ephesians 5.33, that a husband is to love his wife. And, and then it goes on to say, and a wife is to respect her husband. And it's the second part that I realized was not uh, very inviting to many women. And uh, the academic halls that you referenced will not study this question, how to show respect to your husband, yeah. uh, because he's a man. And that's Hollywood will not do that in the culture as a whole. And yet every man serves and dies for honor. And so one of the things that we've tried to do is put back on the radar screen this idea that this is not an unwholesome thing. This is not a thing that a man deserves. He needs. He needs to know that you believe in him, even though he's failed you, in the same way that a woman needs to know that you love her, even though she's not lovable. And it's what we call unconditional respect, which is a contradiction in terms to the culture. It's an oxymoron to so many. But we're saying, no, you give this as a gift. And what happens when you do it the man softens and moves towards you. He doesn't become narcissistic. He doesn't become egotistical. It doesn't give him license to do what he wants. He doesn't begin to act superior. He doesn't treat you like a doormat. He actually loves on you. Yeah. And and I, I want to say one last thing, and then and we're going to go to break and, and come back and talk further about some of these issues. When we come back, actually, will you talk to me about the resistance in the culture to respecting a man unconditionally? Because partly that we portray him now as somebody who who's um, dishonorable if he's got machismo or if he's violent or if uh, uh, if he's expressed himself in a way that is construed as um, unladylike. Let's just be honest. I mean, we want men to be softer. Um, and I think about the halls of academia that say, ho, 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 hold on. Not all men are macho. Not all men would die. Not all men are honorable. So, so why should we treat them as such? And so when we come back, can you expand on that for me? Love to. Okay, wonderful. We will return with Dr. Emerson Eggerich, highly esteemed leader of Love and Respect Ministries, but also the author of a New York Times bestselling book, Love and Respect, and also Love and Respect in the Family. So please stay tuned uh, for more with Dr. Eggerich answering some very important questions and hopefully a few moms who will call in. These days, couples will work for just about anything from communication Hello? to companionship. From fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90 fe 51 Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. If you are a mom who wants your kids to grow up and love going to the dentist, then I have to tell you about Pediatric Dental Group of Colorado. As a one-time patient myself and now the mother of patients, I know firsthand they understand the unique needs of children, especially when it comes to the subject of dentistry. Dr. Strange and Dr. Cathers not only care about making the dental visit fun and rewarding, they also strive to help children learn to be good dental patients. They do this by coaching the child and the parent, encouraging good oral health care, and providing high-quality dental treatment. This is accomplished in a fun and child-friendly atmosphere. All of the pediatric dentists and orthodontists have two years of additional training beyond dental school. They are board certified and specialized in the dental care of infants, children, and young adults. The dental team is uniquely qualified to take care of your child 
during their dental visit. The Pediatric Dental Group is proud to have locations in Arvada, Wheat Ridge, Lakewood, Lafayette, and Evergreen. You have to find out more, and you can do so at pediatricdentalgroupco.com. good song to play today. God gave me you, but sometimes we forget that. (laughs) When we have crummy relationships or men who we think don't treat us well or men who have women who really don't treat them well, we forget that God designed this whole thing and it's supposed to work. We just give up on it. And our culture says, yeah, you go girl, give up on it because he's a jerk. Um, We need to get beyond that. And of course, I know that there are men out there who treat women very poorly, and there are women out there who treat men very poorly. I think as a culture, we've begun to um, what's the demonize men, and it, it's done grave damage to relationships. It's now kind of a, the, the expected thing to do for women to c- talk down and correct their man and roll their eyes at him because he's, he's the buffoon that we portray on TV. But, but I want to talk to you, Dr. Eggerich. Shelley and I in the break decided to get, make this a little more personal. Within the context of our own relationships and in our friends' relationships, th- there's one thing that we, we can't get to the bottom of. So here it is. In the love and respect scenario, um, the woman needs unconditional love and she just needs to feel his love through a certain kind of amount of affection and face-to-face time and attention. The man just needs to feel respected, so not contradicted, not corrected, and he needs some shoulder-to-shoulder time, and he also has sexual needs. And, and those two things all have to work together. What happens when the woman is doing what you might call her part and she's doing shoulder-to-shoulder time, she's trying not to expect too much girlfriend time with him because that's just unrealistic. He's not going to sit around for seven hours and talk to her. Most men aren't. Um, How do you, without expressing self-pity or without demonizing him or without putting him down or without showing disrespect, say, you know what? I actually need something more from you. It can't just be shoulder to shoulder time and a few chit chats here and there. And then we have sex. How do you balance it? Well, again, um, it's a matter of coming to this point. Is he a, a good willed man? And if he's a good-willed man, then what we talk about is being able to communicate these things respectfully. You said in that little overview that you shouldn't correct or confront. Not at all. There needs to be confrontation and correction. But great men toward other men will always confront and correct. But we do it in a spirit of honor. We, We distinguish the behavior from the person. And one of the huge mistakes women make, because they're what we call integrated personalities, their mind, body, soul, and spirit are connected. Yeah. When she's upset, it displays itself. As we point out, the University of Washington said, when a woman's upset, her eyes darken, the face turns sour, hand on the hip, the scolding finger, the rolling of the eyes, the sigh, the head goes back. And when estrogen kicks in, the word choice of contempt can be incredible. And men live in fear of that. Men are not going to break down and cry when it happens. He just pulls back. And so he's very apprehensive about that. And one of the points that I want to make is many women don't understand. These are gestures of contempt. And I always ask the question, is there any man in his world who talks in this way or any person? And if the answer to that is no, then we need to realize it's not that he is unloving. He's fearful of, of what it is that's going to come at him. And one of my concerns is that 
we not look at our husband so much as asking the question, how do we want our sweet daughter-in-law to treat our precious baby boy? This cultural attitude that you were talking about, do we want that to be toward our precious baby boy? We know our boys are good-willed boys. They're not women, but do they deserve the kind of uh, description that they're buffoons, they're doofuses, they're idiots, they're jerks, they're no good, nothing, because they don't respond like a woman? I don't know one mother who would defend the culture's negativity toward her precious baby boy. So we need to remind ourselves that our husbands are boys. They were once somebody's son. We've got to be uh, reminded that Jesus said, Have you not read, he who made them from the beginning made them male and female. And so we are not wrong, we're just different. Now back to the question, when a wife feels that she's doing everything that she can and he's not responding, I always want to make sure that she's honest about what has gone on because sometimes she reacts in negative ways unintentionally. Sure. All those gestures of contempt that I was saying, she's not intending to be contemptuous. She's crying out. She's got a need. She's trying to get a message through to him. But what happens, she misrepresents herself, and then he misinterprets, and then he withdraws out of fear. So she has to make sure that she's not presuming that she's doing everything well here. Uh Sometimes you can make a lot of wonderful deposits, but you're making larger withdrawals, and you're bankrupting the relationship emotionally. But if, in fact, no, she says, I've been making more effort here, and he's not responding, then just say, how can I say this respectfully? You're a man of honor. I know you die for me, but I'm feeling like my needs aren't being met. How do I say this in such a way that you don't think I'm sending you a message of disapproval? How can I appeal to your strength? How can I say this honorably? Because I'm I'm just kind of sad. I'm feeling like we're not really connecting. I feel like I'm giving and giving, but you're not really responding. Can you coach me? Can you help me? Sure. Now, if she stays on that message, I believe that he'll soften. Uh, and I love it. I, I, I love to, that you respect him. You approach him as a man of goodwill and not the jerk who's disappointing you. Um, and if you approach him as a man of goodwill and say, help me here, honey, and and uh, bring him into it to be a, a man of respectable position because he can advise you as to how you might uh, approach him in these things, that, that can soften everything. We do have a caller on the line. Uh, it's not going to be, uh, we're not going to have a long time to uh, respond to her. You've only got about five minutes and you're a verbose man in all the best ways, Dr. Egerich. Uh, her name's Kelly. She's a Channel Mom friend. And she's calling in with a question today to Channel Mom. Kelly, we're so glad you called. Go ahead and ask your question to Dr. Egerich. Hi, Dr. Egerich. Um, my question is, um, I've been married almost nine or ten years now, and my husband and I really have a great relationship. We've been through your Bible study, actually, the love and respect one. But um, we have some real different beliefs when it comes to uh, core biblical beliefs, I wonder. You know, and I guess my question is, um, how do we get through those when our conversations get really heated and intense, and they truly are night and day differences. And, I mean, I want to respect my husband fully, but I don't agree at all with what he thinks, and he doesn't agree with what I think. Well, that's a great question. So. And, and, Dr. Eckert, thank you, Kelly. That's a fabulous question. A lot of women could use that. Doctor, you've got about three and a half minutes left to, to answer her. Well, my question is, what is that core belief? I need just a little piece of information. Just a little piece, Kel. Can you tell them just one little thing that you differ on, just very vaguely? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I think most of it is a big misunderstanding on what he thinks, but I guess that our core belief difference that we're um, working on now is um, I think God already knows 
what's coming, and he doesn't. And it goes back and forth between big things and little things. But um, I don't know. I was just talking to him. We lost a mutual friend of suicide. And my question to my husband that kind of opened the floodgate was, do you just wonder how many people God put in this man's path, you know, that maybe didn't hear or listen to any clues? And he got really offended and upset that um, the fact that he was like, do you think God knew this man was going to take his life? And I don't know if it was an emotional reaction or if he was dealing with his own um Morning or what? But or, or if he was mad at you. Really yeah, if he's mad yeah. at you. Okay, now you have two and a half minutes. Go for it, Dr. Agarich. Thank you, Kelly. Well, yeah, and I don't see that as a core belief contradiction. We're trying to figure out the sovereignty of God versus the free will of man, and this is a theological issue that is a tension that we all feel. To what extent was he responsible for his own suicide? To what extent did God sovereignly bring people to him to try to prevent him to do that? Was he the cause of his own death? Did God allow it? If God allowed it, did God basically permit it? And is God then responsible for it? You don't have a difference of theological core beliefs. You have a difference of how do we figure out the free will of man versus the sovereignty of God? And that's, a, that's an honest debate, and that's an honest tension. And the two of you shouldn't get upset with each other over this because you're both trying to tenderly, and this is what's so precious, tenderly figure out what the Lord is doing. And both of you are trying to honor God in this. Your husband doesn't want to dishonor God by blaming God for the man's suicide. At the same time, you want to honor God by believing the Lord was extending mercy. But all of us have to come to that point where we see that we're really on the same page. We're just trying to figure things out. So I don't see, if you're sitting down with me pastorally, that either one of you are in a major conflict, and I would stand and salute both of you for your tender desire to discern God's will in a very, you know, hurtful, painful situation. I would say, stop fighting over this. It's very precious that you both have this kind of conviction and burden. I salute you. Absolutely. And I thank you for that candid answer. And what I would say to Kelly, and I think you'd agree with this, is she can agree to disagree on something like this respectfully. She totally respects him. I mean, she didn't say anything demeaning in this whole description. So so they're, they're probably healthier than most couples. Dr. Eggerich, you are at loveandrespect.com. We are taking folks today on Facebook to win your Love and Respect book. Tomorrow we're going to get into Love and Respect in the family to help moms and dads deal with their daughters and sons. God bless you. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. Okay. Check out loveandrespect.com. They really can save your marriage. Find out where they're giving conferences. They were just with Dave, Dave Ramsey down south, had a fabulous convention, very successful. So do not be afraid to go to loveandrespect.com and get their materials to help your relationship. We'll be right back with Channel Mom. These days, couples will work for just about anything from communication Hello? to companionship. From fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit marydashwell.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90 fe 51 Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. If you're wondering how to tell your son or daughter that you really love them, we've got help for you tomorrow. Mom, if nobody's thanked you today for all that you're doing, running around in the car, picking up dirty 
dishes, dirty diapers. <laughs> I'm here to thank you for all you do to raise your children well. God bless you. You're making our world a better place. Have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening to Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Find podcasts, clips, blogs, and contact information at channelmom.com.